Wise FTX podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise FTX is my platform to educate the Muslim and South Asian community about Texas and national politics. You can find us on all forms of social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also check out our website, www.wiseftx.com. Remember that our podcasts are available on iTunes, and if you have the Android phone on Google Play as well, just look us up at WiseUpTX. And we are aired on Monday mornings on Coffee Mornings with Aisha around 10.30 a.m. Don't forget, everyone, get educated, get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. All right, folks, the next three weeks are going to be political interviews. Um, we are kicking off um, an interview with Sri Preston Gulkarni, and he is running for Congress in the Sugarland, Pearland, and Katy area. Those are the sub suburbs of Houston, Texas, and they have a heavy South Asian population, and we are really trying to get the word out there for the three South Asian candidates that are running for Congress. They're all running in the Democratic primary. Um, just to remind y'all that the Texas primary is occurring March 6th, so it's just around the corner. Early voting begins February 20th, which is literally in two weeks, or actually next week. And um, it is up until March 2nd. So early voting February 20th to March 2nd, and the election day for the primary is March 6th. Uh, you may think that the primaries are irrelevant or of no consequence. You would be absolutely wrong in that regard. Um, primaries are the ones where the most extreme candidates are chosen. So a lot of times in the Republican primary, you'll have the far right and the center right person um, at times because very few people come to vote. That's how the far right gets elected and that's how they eventually win the district because a lot of districts uh, cater are very Democratic or very Republican. Uh, that's the same for the Democratic primary as well. You either have someone that's far left or someone that's more center left. and Oh, because there's only a hand few that come out for the election, sometimes the far left can get in, and that's how you have such um, opposite ends that end up coming to Congress or the Texas legislature, and that's why a lot of things can't get, can't get done. But anyways, um, the primary election is you will be f either voting for the Democratic or Republican primary. You cannot vote in both. Uh, you can decide which one you'd like to vote in. And... You will be choosing candidates uh, for your Texas uh, state representatives, uh, Texas senator representatives, and U.S. Congress. Um, you all may know that for U.S. Senate, we have the Beto O'Rourke campaign versus Ted Cruz, but that's not going to be decided in March. That's going to be decided in November because it's going to be Republican versus Democrat at that point. So just to let you all know, again, the Texas primaries are coming up. Election is March 6th and early voting begins February 20th up until March 2nd. You will be voting either in the Democratic or Republican primary, but not both. So make sure you start wising up on your candidates. And again, the next three weeks we have interviews with South Asian candidates that are running in the Democratic primary. They are in very difficult primaries. They're running against four or five other people. So it is very, very important for us to get out the vote and show um, support as much as possible, especially if you feel the candidate aligns with you. Let's remember that while we want to support our South Asian candidates, that um, you should still vote for the candidates that you feel really aligns with your values at the end of the day, regardless of race, religion, um, or party. So we just wanted to still emphasize that it is very important to vote in the primary elections. 
All right, moving on, I just want to give a reminder that we have Civics and Chai coming up in less than three weeks. It's going to be in the DFW area at Schimmelfinnick Library in Plano. And it is on March 3rd from 1.30 to 4 p.m. And again, I will be there presenting along with Dr. Shahid Shafi, who is a councilman for the city of Southlake. And we will be discussing how to get more knowledgeable about how your state and city politics works. Uh, there will, of course, be Chai as well. So we hope that you all are excited to come learn and, you know, learn a little bit about what goes on in government before you go and vote for the primaries on March 6th. So again, that date is March 3rd at Schimmelfinnick Library in Plano, Texas, and the timing is from 1.30 to 4 p.m., so we hope to see you all there. All right, folks, moving on to the interview that we have today. It is, again, with Sri Preston Kulkarni. So just a little bit about him. He is running in the 22nd District of Texas um, for Congress. Again, that is the cities of Sugarland, Pearland, and Katy. Um, he grew up in the Houston area, and when he was 18, his uh, father had leukemia, and he dropped out of college to take care of him. Um, afterwards, he finished his studies at UT Austin, where he graduated with Plan 2 honors. Um, he has worked as a Foreign Service Officer by Secretary of State Colin Powell and served his country for 14 years with overseas tours in Iraq, Israel, Russia, Taiwan, and Jamaica. He speaks Spanish, Hindi, Mandarin, Chinese, Hebrew, and Russian. And he spent his career using his skills in education to find common ground between groups in conflict, such as Arabs and Kurds or Israelis and Palestinians, and standing up for the truth, including combating the Russian government's online misinformation campaign. Um, in 2017, he completed a mid-career master's degree in public administration from Harvard's Kennedy School, where he was vice president for communications. Following the divisive 2016 presidential election, he and a Republican colleague founded a bipartisan initiative called Breaking Bread, which aims to reduce the partisan hostility in our society that has been repeated in several states. All right, folks, let's tune in and listen to what Sri Preston Kulkarni has to say. So joining us today is Sri Preston Kulkarni, and he is running for Congress in Texas District 22. So welcome to our show. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, so, um, you know, we had a brief bio that, you know, we heard about you. And, you know, just to reiterate to my listeners, what position are you running for and what cities does your district encompass? So uh, I am running for Texas's 22nd district. Most people don't know what their congressional district is, so it's really easy to remember. My initials are Shri Preston Kulkarni, and that stands for Sugarland, Pearland, and Katy. Oh, smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, pretty. That's very clever. Three, three biggest towns. Three okay. biggest towns. SPK. <laughs> nice, nice. Very smart. And um, did you? Do you think your parents named you like that on purpose? <laughs> they uh, actually, foresaw you running for office. If If you want to know the truth, I I was born with five names, and so these are only three of my five names. So that actually had to be shortened to fit on a ballot. <laughs> oh wow, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So now that we know the cities that you're um, running for, like for the district, I wanted to ask you, you know, what motivated you to run for office? You know, reading on your website and your bio, it seems like you've um, worked a lot for the government. So is there anything 
that you noticed while working for the government that motivated you to run for office? Was it seeing the issues in your district that made you want to run for office? What exactly was it? Sure. So, uh, like you said, I've worked for the federal government for 14 years, and I worked under Republican and Democratic administrations, but this, what's been happening in our country over the last year or so is something very different. Uh, it's not like either the previous Democratic or the Republican administration before it. There are things that I didn't think we would have to be discussing in 2018, like whether people going to a white supremacist rally are very fine people or right. whether a judge who's Hispanic uh, can actually do his job right because of his ethnicity or whether uh, certain religions are not allowed to hold office in the United States. It's, uh, it's very hard to defend these kind of things overseas when I'm uh, in an embassy abroad. And basically, I could not continue to do this. I couldn't explain these things that were fundamentally un-American to me, at least not the America that I grew up in with, that the America that my parents taught me that was for everybody, no matter what color your skin, no matter what faith you are, no matter what country you came from. Uh, that, that's the idea of America that I think everybody uh, was supposed to buy into, but it's being it's being threatened right now. And I, I couldn't keep serving in that kind of government. So that's why I actually resigned uh, in December from my career as a foreign service officer to come back here and run. That was the impetus for me. Oh, wow. So I think, and I think for many of my listeners, the, the current political climate of just a lot of the xenophobia and racism that's been happening has really been a contributing factor, I think, for many South Asians and Muslims to want to run for office this 2018 cycle. Am I correct? Do you feel that uh, same vibe? Absolutely. Um, I feel like uh, up until probably until the election itself or until the inauguration, a lot of people uh, were sort of on the fence. You know, there's you know, this rising sentiment, but some people said it's just words, it doesn't matter. But we, we know now, um, a year in, that these kind of threats, this you know, anti-immigrant sentiment um, is, is real. And they're trying to make changes to our laws. The, the, the president, the administration keeps saying it. And it's, it's not words because uh, saying it's just words makes it sound like uh, you can ignore it. But when people are whipping up tension and anger and fear, uh, words and actually ideas are the most dangerous things of all. In fact, when I tell people, you know, uh, about my campaign, they ask me if it's an anti-Trump campaign or an anti-Trump voter campaign. I say, no, it's a pro-American campaign because the most dangerous thing we face is not the people on the other side of the political aisle, but the ideas of anger and fear and resentment towards other people. Those ideas can spread no matter what country you're in, no matter who's president. And For that's sure. the real enemy. Yeah. I totally agree with you, and I'm so glad that you made this statement of that the biggest enemy aren't the people across the political aisle. I think uh, we've gotten to that point where we're so divided and um, between both political parties, right, the left and the right, and we've found it really difficult to understand that we can find common ground with the other party. And I think it's really great that you highlighted that, and I think it really showcases that you are willing to work across the aisle to find out what's best for your district. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of debate um, on the left. I mean, probably on both sides, but say I'll speak for the left, whether you, you need to come to the center, you need to compromise more, or whether you need to stand firm on your principles. And I see that as a false choice. Um, I know that I have strong, proud, progressive principles. The, the issue isn't whether we're willing to compromise on our principles, it's whether we're willing to listen to other people and actually right trust that uh, the people who disagree with us 
also care about their country. They want to do right by their constituents. If you if you have that basic faith that we have fundamental values in common, we don't have to have all of our positions in common. But you come to the table, uh, make an honest effort, and try to do the best thing for your country. And I've seen that happen. I started an organization last year called Breaking Bread, an initiative at Harvard, with another Republican, where we would not try to debate issues or policy positions. We would just get together around a meal every week and talk to each other about the things that bothered us, you know, the things that we were concerned about. And what we learned is that some of the, the concerns we had were different, but the fundamental values underneath were very similar. Right. I agree with you, and I'm, I'm so glad that you've highlighted that. And I kind of want to pivot over to, you know, I see that you're um, willing to work for more of a bipartisan um, relationship in Congress, but what about the issues? What are the main issues that um, you're really fighting for within your district, and um, what are the main issues that define your platform? Sure. So when people ask me how do I decide my policy positions, and I tell them, all of my policy positions are based in morals, ethics, values, right? So right. you see on my on my literature, I, I start with reason, compassion, and decency. They sound like they're too simple, but those are things that we don't have in our government right now. So we need to have you know reasonable policies. Um, healthcare, the, the cost of healthcare needs to come down. Right. Whether you believe in Obamacare, whether you believe in Medicare for all, everybody knows that. The cost of health care is too high in the United States. We pay twice Most as much as, as people do in every other developed country for the same things. So we need to bring the, that cost of health care down. I, I think that the way to do that is by having a universal health care system. And the reason I think that is because I've seen it work in other countries. Um, okay, which system, countries, if you yeah. don't mind me asking? Sure, sure. So, for example, I've, I've lived in Israel. You know, I've uh, traveled in, in Canada, across Europe. All of, all of these countries that countries across Europe and Israel, Canada, they all have universal health care systems. So you can have various different ways of getting at it. You can have competition within a universal health care system where you have a couple of different HMOs. You can have a single-payer system. But the, the main point is that the math is really simple. If everybody isn't in the system, then you are going to pay more. And right. these high-risk pools for, for health insurance, they're going to cost the entire society. Okay, so health care is one of your biggest issues. And... Um, you're promoting and advocating for universal health care. What about, you know, education? That's a really big, uh, important issue for many South Asians. What are your thoughts on education? Right. I mean, I, I would say, honestly, education is the number one issue I get asked about when I knock on people's doors. Um, okay. Because everybody cares about their children. They care about their children uh, being able to go to good schools and go on to good universities and have a prosperous life. Uh, the, the biggest threat I see to education right now is the threat to the public education system. Okay. So we have a secretary of education who did not go to public schools, who did not send her kids to public schools, but thinks that she knows best how to take money out of public schools and put them into private schools that don't have the same kind of standards. Right. Um, and so I and all my brothers and sisters, we went to public school, and we, we all got into Ivy League schools because we had a great public education. Uh, and, and the real problem is that if you pull people, pull individual students out of the public education system, who's left? Kids who have troubled homes, kids who have learning disabilities, kids who have language barriers, kids who, um, who aren't able to get out. Either their parents aren't willing to take them or they're not able to get into these other programs. So the entire infrastructure of the public school system starts to collapse. So I see that as a real threat. But at the same time, the federal government can invest in innovation for education because we need to keep up with the 21st century. We can share best practices across states 
and we can do teacher training. In fact, my brother runs a teacher training NGO right now, and I think that's something that the federal government could spend more of its resources on. Interesting. Um, I think it's really um, important that you highlighted the difference of like, and discussed about vouchers. I think a lot of people in our community, uh, you know, it sounds good on paper, right? Like, oh, here, we'll give you some state dollars so that you can utilize this money in whichever school that you want, right? And it, um, people don't understand the repercussions of it. Right. I mean, so the, the term school choice is one of these uh, misnomers. Uh, right. What, I mean, what, what school choice is, uh, it means that some, some uh, families are able to get out of the school system, put their kids into schools that may not even have proper standards, uh, but they weaken the public school where they came from, and they also subject their, their, their kids to a standard that's not approved by the school board, for example. And so sometimes right. you have kids learning that evolution is just a theory, or that slavery was another form of immigration. I mean, these, these are things <laughs> that kids not, should, should yeah. be learning in 2019. I agree with you there. Um, I'm going to move on and ask, you know, as a South Asian and running for office, have you come across any discriminatory remarks during your campaign? And if so, how have you dealt with them? And did it ever? Did you ever feel deterred to continue your campaign? Well, uh, I'll say this. I mean, most of the, the really negative remarks that you hear uh, come on social media. Uh, okay. Because, you know, uh, Not in people, person. People, yeah, I think people are a little bit more embarrassed. I mean, some people aren't embarrassed, that's for sure. Most, most of the time, the question I get asked is, what is your nationality? Are you a Muslim? Right. Uh -huh. uh, those are th those are top questions people ask. And you now my, my my first response is that my nationality is American. I mean, we're, we're all yeah, American here. Right. You know, if you're if, if you're asking me why I have brown skin, I can tell you because my father was from India. But uh, I, I I do want to ask, how come you didn't ask uh, you know Pete Olson, my opponent, for example, where he come from, came from? Right. I'm, I'm sure you know his his ancestors. I'm glad they were lucky enough to come from Scandinavia here, but that doesn't mean that they're that his ancestors were better than my ancestors. Exactly. When the, when the president says that, that Norway is a good country and other countries are asshole countries, I think yeah. all of us should take offense no matter what color skin we have, no matter what country we came from. The, the only way it's going to change is if political leaders stand up and they speak out. And I, I got to say, like, even some on the other side of the aisle, like John McCain, I appreciate it when John McCain has done things, you know, Back in the presidential campaign, someone said Barack Obama wasn't born in this country. He took the mic away from them and said, "No, that is not true. He's an, Barack Obama is an honorable man." Um, recently, he said the same things. These comments by the president, he can't accept them. I wish more Republicans would actually stand up to their own party, their own president, and say this. But unfortunately, not enough of them are. And so, agreed. The, the representative right here in Fort Bend County and uh, in the Pearland, Sugarland, uh, Katy area. Pete Olson, he will put on an Indian um, kurta. He will uh, eat Indian food and say he's a friend of Indians. But when people make horrible anti-immigrant comments, he says nothing. He is completely silent. And to me, silence is also a moral choice. If we have leaders who are not speaking out, then they need to be replaced. I agree with you. That's so true. And and the Pearland, Sugarland, Katy area has so many South Asians. You yes, would think that he would uh, realize who his constituents are and be outspoken because, I mean, the Fort Bend County is, it's a pretty nice county, you know, it's pretty affluent and yes, it's yes. very obvious that South Asians are contributing to this affluency in this county and he should take pride in it. When it comes to political races, uh, people in Fort Bend might not realize this, but 
there was a race um, this past year in the Pearland area where uh, one of the uh, one of the candidates she, she wears a hijab uh, and you know she was running and there was another uh, candidate for mayor who was running as African American and Pete Olson actually paid for an ad there that talked about um, preserving you know our culture and and uh, having our people there and then had a picture of them in the corner the African American man and the Muslim woman with the implication that these are not our people that that's I, I think that's pretty disgusting. That is, that most definitely is. And it's quite unfortunate that politicians aren't realizing who their constituents are and trying to be accommodating of them. And this is why I emphasize so much on the show is that this is why you need to show up. You need to show up at the polls, you need to show up at town hall meetings because the more that they see of us South Asians and Muslims, like they'll come to realize like, oh, this, these are my constituents and they're showing up. And, you know, may, you know, we have to hold politicians accountable. And if they're not um, caring for us, then we need to vote them out. My last question to you is, how do you relate to the majority of Texans in your district that you intend to represent? Okay, that's an excellent question. Um, a lot of people say, you know, well, are you just an Asian candidate or are you just a you know, progressive candidate? And my answer is, when we talk about those things that we discussed earlier, this you know, hostility, this division in this country, we need to peel back those layers. Like, whatever divides you on the surface level, you look at someone and say, well, you you speak a different language, you look different from me, or you're a different political party, you have a different policy on taxes or abortion or whatever, immediately start lining up on different sides uh, of an issue. We think of each other as the other, the, the enemy. If you take a step back from that and you start to talk to people about the things that you have in common first, that's why I always speak about compassion and reason and decency, because nobody disagrees with me. When I ask people, do you believe in compassion? Uh, the most conservative church there is in this state They'll always say that they do because that's what the Bible teaches. Right. They believe in reason, believe in, in decency towards people. When you start by figuring out what you have in common, it makes it much easier to talk to people. And I've talked to groups. I went to the Paraland Chamber of Commerce a few weeks ago, and it was you know, mainly Republicans in the audience. And I, I talked to uh, one guy. He told me that he's a Tea Party Republican. He doesn't believe that Barack Obama was born in this country. And I said, okay, I didn't get mad, mad at him. I didn't call him any names. I listened to him, and then I told him about my values and how they informed all of my decisions. And I spent about five minutes with him, and at the end of it, he said, you know what? You've got my vote on March 6th. I think people really appreciate that, appreciate it if you take them seriously, you talk to them sincerely uh -huh. about the things that, care, that, that you care about, that matter to you. You don't have to agree on every position. But people right. have to know that you actually genuinely care. And that's how you connect with people. You don't have to come from exactly the same background. You don't have to agree on everything. But you have to understand that there's that there are things that are more fundamental than that that we should all agree on. And, and that's how you connect with people who, who may be different from you. That's really good. And, and, you know, we've highlighted this before that, you know, you're finding more things in common than to highlight differences, and you're not really focusing on an anti-Trump campaign. You're really focusing to work on the issues that are impacting your district, and that's really important because it seems like sometimes that message gets lost with a lot of candidates, and it becomes a more like, well, they did this, so we're going to do this, and you know, it just goes back and forth, and it's not really putting the people who are in the district whom they're supposed to be representing, it's not putting their issues at the top which it should be. It should always be people over party. Right. Thank you so much for coming on air. If you want to tell my listeners the name of your website and reiterate um, the areas that um, your district will encompass, the sure. cities. Um, 
So uh, my last name is Kulkarni, K-U-L-K-A-R-N-I. So if you want to find out more about my campaign, you can go to www.kulkarniforcongress.com. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which is the same, Kulkarni for Congress. You can find me on, follow me on Twitter, which is at Shri P. Kulkarni, because remember my initials, S-K-K, stand for Sugarland, Pearland, and Katie. Awesome. And um, <laughs> I want to wish you good luck. You're running in the Democratic primary, am I correct? I am running in the Democratic primary. I've got uh, four other competitors against me, so I need every single vote possible. If you uh, have any friends, any family, um, somebody that you work with, or, or somebody that you just want to talk to, let them know <laughs> that there's a really strong candidate running, and we need your vote uh, starting on February 20th up all the way up to March 6th. All right, perfect. I will definitely let them know. Thank you so much. All right, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the conversation. All right, folks, and that is our interview with Shri Preston Kulkarni. Um, if you have friends living in the Sugarland, Pearland, Katy area, which is the 22nd Congressional District, uh, please let your friends and family know about him. Again, he's in a tough primary. The primary is March 6th. He's running in the Democratic primary. Early voting begins February 20th up until March 2nd. So I hope you all will um, check out his website, learn more about him, and make sure um, to spread the word. Finally, last but not least, we have Civics and Jai, Wise Up Texas and Radio as other co-hosting this event as together as we did last time. It is going to be at Shimmel Finnick Library, which is in Plano, Texas, from 1.30 to 4 p.m. And we hope to see you all there. All right, everyone, that's our segment for today. I hope you all have a great week and get ready for two more political interviews of other South Asian candidates running for Congress. We hope you're ready and excited. Don't forget, get educated, get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. Until next time. <laughs>